all you movie junkies and cinephiles, it's time for the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. Welcome, one and all, to episode 341 of the SLS Cast. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the smallest format pseudo-prime episode of the SLS Cast because it turns out that the smallest format pseudo-prime, which in and of itself is the most important class of pseudo-primes that come from Fermat's little theorem, which is math, clearly, uh, turns out that the smallest one of those is 341, and with that wonderful little bit of super weird, out-there theoretical math knowledge, I, of course, am Matt. And coming to us all the way from the Great White North, helping us out in favor of Tim would be... Ah, folks, I'm the artist formerly known as Johnny White Trash. I'm just Blaine now. I'm just Blaine. <laughs> now, what is a pseudo-prime? What is that like a number that... Like, I know it's a prime number. Is it a prime number? Apparently, it's a pseudo-prime number. So I guess maybe it's a number that thinks it's a prime number, but it's really not. Whoa. Like like pseudoscience. Right. Or politics in general. They, they think it's something important, but it's not. <laughs> right. But, I mean, like a prime number, I get that concept. It's a number that can only be divided by one and itself. Sure. But pseudo-prime, that... Oh, do you... Moreover, not just a pseudo-prime, but a Fermat pseudo-prime. Okay, 341 prime. I should look this. I'll look at this later. <laughs> but you, you got me. <laughs> hang on. I'm going, I'm going to send you. Hang on. I'm going to send you this. <laughs> and then there's that. So you need to know the Fermat's little theorem to understand the Fermat pseudo-prime to know that the smallest Fermat pseudo-prime is 341. Hmm. Yeah. So there you go. I, I I went down the hole a little bit, but oh, that was all. It really is a. I went down prime. the rabbit hole. Yeah, Be- went down a little rabbit hole there for a minute, but uh, decided to just leave it at that. But we have much to get into, sir. So are you doing well? Life treating you okay? Well, and this will be a very uh, timely topic. Uh, for the people listening, but the Leafs just got eliminated from the playoffs, you know, a while back. A while back, but it's still affecting you. It's, it feels it's like, like it, it was it last feels night. Like, I know. It feels like it was yesterday. Yes. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it, it's it's such a pain in your heart that it feels like it was yesterday. And oh, fucking I, I sure feel your pain. How dare they lose? It's, it, it, well, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's like, I swear, the last, like, half a dozen times I've seen him make the playoffs. Boston in the first round, Boston beats him in game seven. It's bullshit, I tell you. It's rigged. Whole thing's rigged. Anyway. <sighs> Indeed. Indeed. Looking forward to next season. Go Leafs, go. Right on. All right. So, without further ado, it, we I want to make sure that hopefully we have enough time to get to our real discussion, which despite... What you might think it is, where we cover the last or most recent Batman movie to date, which would be Justice League, 2017's Justice League. The real discussion of our last Batman standing is, I hope we will finally settle the uh, 89 Batman versus Dark Knight debate. And um, in order to do that, we got to get started now. Are you ready, sir? I'm in. All right, let's bring out Weird Announcer Dude. Hello, and welcome to Discussions with Matt and Tim. This time on Discussions with Matt and Tim, the artist, formerly known as Johnny White Trash, now Blaine, has stepped in once again for Tim to cover the latest installment in the last Batman Standing series. This time, Matt and Blaine will discuss 2017's Justice League. And now, that's Batman Standing. Discussions with Matt and Tim, featuring Blaine. Thank you, Weird Announcer Dude. That was very thorough. Very thorough indeed. Um, and so, just so that everyone is on the same page um, before we jump into Justice League proper, um, our Batman, 
the actors playing Batman, uh, as it were, we have ranked thusly. In the top spot, Michael Keaton. Number two, we have Ben Affleck. Number three is Christian Bale. Number four, Adam West. Number five, Val Kilmer with the precious asterisk. And finally, George Clooney. Uh, currently tied, vying for first in the top spot, we have Batman 89 versus uh, The Dark Knight. In second place, we have Dark Knight Returns. Third place, of course, Batman Returns. Then Batman Begins. Then Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. We are specifying Ultimate Edition there. Uh, we then have Batman 66, Suicide Squad, Batman Forever, and finally and forever at the bottom of the list, Batman and Robin. So... Since now you are now caught up, just like we are, because it took us like seven episodes of this before we finally remembered to have the list handy, because we're professionals, people. Uh, Damn straight. <laughs> we will now clue you in about Justice League. We have to be ready. You, me, the others. There's an attack coming from far away. Not coming, Bruce. It's already here. The others. Where are they? Arthur Curry. The Aquaman. It's on him. Organic and biomechatronic body parts. He's a cyborg. You should probably move. Barry Allen. Whoever you're looking for, it's not me. You're the Batman. They said the age of heroes would never come again. It has to. What are your superpowers again? I'm rich. My turn. Shall we? It's good to see you playing well with others again. Just like a bat. I dig it. Maybe temporary. That's right. 2017 American superhero film. This, of course, based on the DC Comics superhero team of the same name. This one was distributed by Warner Brothers Pictures. Um, and it chronologically in the DCEU, as it was formerly known, since I guess it doesn't technically exist anymore. Um, we, it was the follow up to Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Um, and yada, yada, yadas. Uh, this is directed by Zack Snyder. I mean, at the end of the day, it's officially credited to Zack Snyder. Uh, there is much discussion as to how much help Joss Whedon was at the end of the day for the direction, for the director's chair. Uh, it stars Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, uh, Amy Adams, Gal Gadot, Ezra Miller, Jason Momoa, Ray Fisher, Jeremy Irons, Diane Lane, Connie Nielsen, and J.K. Simmons. Um, this movie, in in order to bring everyone together, decides to tell the legend of Steppenwolf and his legions of parademons that attempted to take over the Earth uh, using engines called the Mother Boxes. And um, apparently all of the mythic underworld, former worlds of whatever people, so, you know, the Olympian gods, the Amazons, Atlanteans, uh, mankind, even a Green Lantern, all teamed up against Steppenwolf to fight him. Well, one of the engines, the, the mother boxes, got away, or the, I can't remember... Uh, what it was kind of convoluted. Basically, there's a mother box out there. If you get one, then you can actually get to the other two, uh, and then you can re-release the hordes of the demons. That is Steppenwolf's plan, because apparently he is tired of his 1979 hit single, Born to be Wild. Um, I'm more of a magic carpet ride guy myself. <laughs> Thank you for understanding that loose reference <laughs> to the 70s band. I also named Steppenwolf. So, uh, yeah, so now, of course, Soups is still dead, and we've got a Batman who is seriously understanding that he is out of time physically. Uh, he just simply cannot keep up the Batman um, persona for much longer. He realizes that not only has 
he worn out his body he's kind of outlived his usefulness especially with the rise of superman though he's you know air quotes dead now and wonder woman you know we've got the flash of course aquaman so he knows that um as he points out in the film that money is his superpower and he wants to try and get these people together because if we can get a team that's really the only way we're going to be able to keep the world in check and keep it safe for the good guys um cue the shenanigans that ensue and of course we bring back terrible soup cgi um, because of Henry Cavill's uh, deal with reshoots. He was allowed to do reshoots for anything he needed uh, because that was worked into the contract. Unfortunately, they may or may not have forgotten that uh, reshoots for a Justice League movie would require a clean shave, and they said, God damn it, that luxurious fucking mustache must stay, and they wouldn't let him shave. Hence the CGI, hence everything looking so incredibly bad. Um, as a matter of fact, I wasn't really 100% in the know uh, yet because I hadn't done enough homework when I originally did a bit of a review. I uh, did this, uh, I was in part of a discussion on Reddit back then, uh, and this is what I wrote. And just to give you an idea of where my head's at for the movie overall, I said, first of all, did Henry Cavill die IRL or something? Holy crap, there was so much CGI Clark slash soups action everywhere. Even a lot of his close-ups were very obviously CG, which caused un which caused massive uncanny valley action as I watched it. Speaking of CGI, at this point I hope that Cameron's tech for the Avatar sequels takes off and becomes the norm because I'm just so very tired of all the Terra bad CG. I think it's pretty fair to say that people are so used to the idea of CG being virtually everywhere in a superhero flick that we could just accept the need to axe RL peeps on screen altogether. I think it's enough to know that they're wearing special suits and rigs which bring to life whatever characters the audience will see. Also, did they have to do the Wreck-It Ralph thing with Batman calling the bugs? Really? It's fucking Batman. He could have devised some way to incapacitate the bugs inside the shield or something. I don't know. Maybe fear pheromones laced with, laced with a toxin of some sort. I will say that I thought the banter was well done overall. It was also really interesting to see the return of Superman's storyline incorporated in a simple yet effective way. I'm also looking forward to seeing the Aquaman flick. People don't seem to realize that he's like a three-quarter strength Superman on land, which is why he got his ass handed to him, but nearly equivalent in the water. It is a fun movie despite its flaws. Rating 3.25 out of 5. And for those of you who wonder about what I'm talking about with the Return to Superman thing, um, I hark back from the days of actually having had the comics. Uh, it was a long, drawn-out process with five potential replacements for Superman, uh, one of them being a kid, one of them being a black guy, one of them being a cyborg, seeing any resemblance to the movie yet. And eventually it turned into this thing about his cells never really dying and a cop-out that had him return in full form. So, to simply acknowledge that his cells were still alive and use the existing tech from the ship combined with the box saved a lot of time and effort, which would allow for a fun mid movie fight scene that sets up the solidification of the team as they work together along with the epic save the day return at least as far as the team is concerned the obvious the audience obviously already knew ahead of time of superman himself this is also why they focused so heavily on lois during uh batman v superman so that the big guns of her reveal would have that exact effect should there be another movie which there wouldn't be at this point of course i think the fallout of his return could have been a, a little bit further explored so, um, and to kind of back into that whole thing with Affleck, this is one of the reasons why I really like um, Affleck, is why I am glad he is second on the list. Um, Bruce, I believe, has evolved since Batman v Superman. He truly understands that while he and Clark might disagree on some things, the need for the heroes to come together for the betterment of mankind is tantamount to said disagreements. He also understands that he truly can't do this forever, but wants to contribute to the cause in a lasting way. Thus, the Hall of Justice. This is what we see in Affleck's performance, the desperation of a man coming to the end of his life's work and wanting it to mean something. He's tired, but still wants to exhibit his devil-may-care attitude because that's all he's worked with his whole time. Yet, he wants to move forward, which is a new experience 
in and of itself. So these were my thoughts that I had shared. I, I put that into my reflections, of course, in my review at the time. Um, I stand by that. It's a fun movie. Justice League, even now, is a fun movie. Um, it, it does have its flaws. It's not a, it's not a superb movie. And that CG has only worsened over the last year. And even though now we know it was because of reshoots and disputes and stuff where he wasn't allowed to shave, um, it's just kind of, uh, um, I don't know. It is, it, it just kind of hurt the movie overall. It just kind of accentuated the issues there. And so, Blaine, I know I have talked quite enough. What would you like to say about Justice League? See, I figured out how to fix DC. DC needs to go watch the Fast and Furious franchise. Because the first movie was one thing, the second and third were all right, the fourth one was a bag of garbage, and the fifth one, they just bring in The Rock, start writing it in a completely different direction, and I'm not going to say they pretended the first four movies didn't happen, but they just went on, and they didn't care about continuity, they cared about making the series what it is. If DC has any chance, they need to ditch this kind of garbage. Because, to me, this movie just reeked of, you know, you put your three mother boxes in your gauntlet and snap your fingers. And, like, it, and I know, I know this came out before whatever the snapping movie was called. I can't remember. But <laughs> Infinity like, War. That one was Infinity War? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it, it just overall, to me, it just... Seems like comic book movies in general, and I'm, I've kind of quit watching them, so I haven't seen all of them, so you probably point out, like, maybe Aquaman kicks ass and whatever, but, which I do want to see, I just haven't seen it, but anyway, um. It's great. Aquaman really is good. It, they, they, they did what you said. They basically turned it into Fast and Furious. Nice. Perfect. Because- it, I mean, it is. It's fast. It's, it's basically all of the snappiness that it's kind of like they finally just said, you know what? Screw it. Just go have fun. Make something that people just want to see. And they did that with Aquaman, and then they followed it up with Shazam. Uh, Shazam is also highly entertaining. I mean, it's it's also flawed <laughs> as well. well it, um, but it's it's much much better than I think people w- were expecting. And even coming off of Aquaman, so I'll, I'm, and I'll I'm, give the, I'm both happy. those a chance. But the, what Justice League to me is like the epitome. The prime example of, okay, this is what comic book movies are now. Like, it's, to me, it just, it doesn't feel, uh, it doesn't seem to push any boundaries. It seems formulaic, you know, like you you laugh when you're supposed to laugh, you you know, action scene. And I just... And I, and I feel this, like, even with, with, with Marvel and, and whatever they're making outside of that, it just, it, it feels like, it feels like the uncharted of move, of comic book movies now, where it's just like, this is what video games are now. So then, you know, you have Uncharted, you have Last of Us, you have, now, thematically, they're all very different, but it's still a very simple, formula that you know is hard to pull off but like it's you know you walk around in a world you collect a bunch of things you kill a few people here and there and you move on to me justice league really is just kind of like oh okay yeah we're gonna get the band back together um we're gonna make it look difficult and then we're gonna beat the bad guy that wants to kill earth now that's my overall uh, opinion of the movie, but I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh, geez, well, you know, the acting was bad. The direction was bad. Like, it, it's not like I know when I watch this movie, I can tell and respect the fact that there are talented people working on this art. However, my problem is. You know, it's like this, this is the art you wanted to make. I think they did a very good job at making what they wanted to make. I just, I just, this is just not for me anymore. I don't feel like there's any stakes. I don't feel like there's any, um, I, 
you're going to enjoy this, Matt. This, to me, is a popcorn flick. Wow! Oh, my God. Mark the day. Holy crap. And by that, I literally mean there is no point in watching this movie or like, like, cause I mean, like a lot of movies I really enjoy and, and, and whatever, are, you know, labeled popcorn flicks, which is fine. Like Fast and the Furious are like some awesome popcorn flicks. But then there's like, like there's popcorn, you know, like, you know, that you actually got like your little fucking uh, pot on the stove and you put a little oil in. And it's actually like pop, pop, pop. And it's like, you know, a bottle with like Orville and Redenbacher on it. And you got real butter, not margarine and, you know, some sea salt. Like there's fucking popcorn, right? And then there's what you get at the movie with something called popcorn topping. This to me is popcorn topping. No nutritional value at all. You don't even get full from it. There was no point in eating it. To me, there was just literally no point in watching this movie. And that is all you have to say about that? Um, yeah, I really, I mean, I, I, I could go through and point out a bunch of like little things I thought was good, little things I thought was bad. Like I don't, I don't have an adverse reaction to this movie. Like th- this to me is not a Batman and Robin or a Batman forever where, or, or, other movies of that ilk where it's like, I am actually mad that I have watched this. This doesn't do that to me. Like it's, it's not, okay. it's not actively bad or it doesn't upset me. Um, but well, then, it doesn't uh, speak to me at all. Like, like, does that make sense? Am I? No, that's talking fine. Nonsense? That's fine. So then I guess then let's just, I get what you're saying. Let's just take it to the microcosm then of Batman. Do we feel that at least in terms of, you know, Ben Affleck, Batman, the role Batman plays in this movie, that it was worthwhile. I would say yes in this particular instance, especially coming off of uh, BVS, even even using the Ultimate Edition, which is the better, you know, version. I feel like we just have a more well-rounded Batman this time. Yes. Um, I think there's a few characters in the show that I think kind of got the like it's like okay we get to know him a bit more we kind of got what's going on like you know the like you said it is a bruce wayne that is you know staring retirement or death in the face you know really coming to, like there was a line in this movie that actually it's funny for a movie that i you know said everything i said about it, there was a line in the movie that really spoke to me and it's probably because of personal experience but like there's that moment where uh Bruce says to Alfred something along the lines of, you know, like, I'm older now than my father ever was, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm currently 37. My dad was 37 when he passed. Like, that line, and, I, and I've been kind of, that, that's been a bit of a brain fuck for me for the last couple of years, thinking, like, uh, you know, the way that that could affect a guy's thoughts, right? But there was something about that moment, that that one scene that I just really connected with at a fundamental like emotional level where it was like, like I felt like I was looking into Ben Affleck's eyes and I really felt like he was thinking what I was thinking. And I don't know if I, I I think that speaks to Affleck as an actor in general. Like I think you can look into his eyes and you can like you can kind of feel a connection from them, and there's a bunch of actors like that. But I mean, you know, but not every actor, right? I mean, I've never felt a connection to Tom Cruise, you know. Okay, <laughs> but <laughs> like, like I haven't. I mean, like, hey, don't get me wrong, man. I love some of his movies. I hate other ones. I mean, shout out to uh, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, which I did not uh, give a chance for a while because I read the the book. All you need is kill, which the movie was based on. And I'm like, Tom Cruise, this fuck. But they actually did a pretty good job and stayed, I think, relatively true to the book. Off topic. But so so Ben Affleck as Batman, like, killed it. He I'm still happy with this. This is I wish that this was the thing that would just keep going. Right on. And, well, very cool. And, and well, like you said too, right? Like, like in this movie, like you can there is you there's an actual character developing there. And I kind of like, I kind of like that this is kind of really the first time cinematically that we really just kind of went into the, you know, 
what happens when Batman's too old to Batman? Right. It's definitely something that is loosely touched on in Dark Knight Returns, um, mainly just because of the damage you're doing to your body. But um, now you, in Justice League, you literally have someone who is like, Holy crap! I'm almost fifty years old. <laughs> what yeah. the hell am I doing? What the hell am I gonna do? <laughs> so and oh yeah, I do have one problem with the casting. To okay. me, Alfred uh, uh, Jeremy Irons plays him. I think his name is yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good actor, great job. But to me, and I know there's like a good what twenty years between Affleck and and Irons, something uh-huh. like that. But like, I just I feel like Alfred's too young. Oh, I liked having. I mean, I liked having. Like, or, or maybe Irons not too young, but I, I feel like there should be a bigger age gap between the two. And I don't know if that's just me not seeing it. Maybe I'm the only one who felt well. Let's let's that check way here. from the so, appearance. IRL, um, Affleck is 46. He'll be 47 in August. Right. And in real life, uh, Jeremy Irons uh, is <laughs> 70. Is seventy. He will be seventy-one in right. September. So we've got seventy-one to forty-six. That's twenty-four years difference. So assuming you know Batman's this, you know Bruce Wayne's this little ten-year-old kid when his parents get, get killed, that's still a thirty-four-year-old man. But this is a thirty-four-year-old man who saw a lot of service and went like I. I mean, I guess the ages are about right, but it still feels like, like. And I'm literally talking like five more years. Like if, if Affleck was five years younger or like I just I feel like there should be a proper 25 to 30 year gap between them. I don't know. I'm nitpicking, but it is it's the one thing that just. Uh, had me thinking. So one year then if it's a 25 to 30 year gap and the current gap is 24 years. I, I'm I'm I'm. I think I'm going to have to throw a BS you know flag you on know the play. What? I could walk this whole thing back and realize the problem. Jeremy Irons looks too fucking good to be 70. <laughs> that's the problem. Okay? That's, that's Get me a an argument. old fucking man. Get me Clint Eastwood who looks like he's 132. That's who I want to be, Alfred. <laughs> uh, there you go. Okay, fair enough. All right. So then let us go ahead and get down to the nitty gritty. Um, all right. Starting at the bottom of our Batman list, actors playing Batman. We're now at the end. We have reached the, 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 uh, not the penultimate episode. As we all know, the Batman comes out next year. And who knows if the Joker actually has some weird appearance of Batman. We'll be doing this again probably in the fall. But, um, as far as we are concerned, we're, we're, we are now current with all Batman movies, uh, live action Batman movies that we're counting here. And so the actors playing Batman, we're still going to keep, uh, George Clooney at the bottom. Yes. All right. Val Kilmer stays in second to the bottom place with his asterisk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, okay. I mean, it, Adam West. In order to play Batman, you have to have a strong jaw. If you don't have a strong <laughs> jaw, you don't get to be Batman, Val Kilmer. Well, well, now, now we know why they put nipples on the bat suit. No, there uh, you go. <laughs> so. My eyes are up here, lady. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Adam West, then Christian Bale. Then Ben Affleck, then Michael Keaton. Yeah. Although this movie specifically, and, and <clears throat> this is as close as Affleck ever got to dethroning Keaton. Right here. I would agree. Yeah. And, and a lot of this too is me giving, um, let's, how do I put this? If Keaton was in a better Batman movie, not to say there's anything wrong with the Batman movie, but it was 89. If, if he was current, he would still, like, he just, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Please help. <laughs> throw me I, one of them I, I don't little know. I mean, rubber donuts. and. If nothing else, you at least get to say that you have seen Michael Keaton progress. Um, You know, even if you ever saw Birdman, there was that. Um, You got to see him be the vulture. Again, later on, he was Vulture in the Spider-Man movie. Um, And he even finally got to work with Tim Burton again in Dumbo earlier this year. So, See, and when um, I see Dumbo, I'm like, oh, I'm going to hate this Michael Keaton. Because I don't know if you saw a little movie called The Founder when Batman stole McDonald's from the McDonald's brothers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
that movie made me dislike, like not dislike him, but like, like when I saw images, made of you Keaton appreciate after, it. Made you appreciate the chops that Michael Keaton has because you you start to not like Michael Keaton instead well, of not just that, not liking you, Ray Kroc. You start the movie in love with Ray Kroc. Like, he is this lovable loser, and he discovered McDonald's, and this is going to be great. How did he turn it into the Empire? This is so awesome. It's No, no, wait. What are you doing? No, no, that's not your wife. What are you? No, stop <laughs> it. No, use real milk. No. No, don't right. shake his hand. Yeah, you know. Right. <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, that probably didn't make any sense. And 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 all the more reason to go to see that movie. Please it's a highly recommended movie, one for, sure. for, for me, honestly. It's a great movie. Great movie. All right. So very good. So then Michael we we know Michael Keaton's got the chops. He still stays in first place. Okay. So we now come to the nitty gritty here. Um Batman and Robin stays at the bottom. It, is Justice League better than Batman and Robin? Yes. Is Justice League better than Batman Forever? Oh, hang on. I guess I better write these down here. All right, at the bottom. Batman and Robin. Okay, good. And then Batman forever, forever, forever. Um, <laughs> you know they're you know they're doing a new series. They're bringing all the kids back, and they're going to be grown ups, and they're doing a new. Sam no, you have to tell me what that's for. This is one of those memes that gets stuck in my head. I can literally see the oh, it's screen the as it. It's Sandlot. the movie. The okay, Sandlot. Yeah. Sandlot. So they're doing a new Sandlot series. They're bringing all the kids back. Oh, yeah. you're killing me, Smalls. But... Literally. All right, so oh, no, uh, is Batman and Robin better than Suicide Squad? I'm sorry, Batman. Listen to me. Is the Justice, is Justice League better than Suicide Squad? Eh? Yes. It is better than Suicide Squad. Eh? <laughs> There's, there's no way you can convince me that, that Suicide Squad is better than Justice League. No. <laughs> In the immortal words of my Spanish professor, no, no. <clears throat> wow. Well, just... no bueno. <laughs> it's el cine, Suicide Squad. I'm just saying, if you handed me two movies and asked me which one to watch, and one was Justice League and one was Suicide Squad, I would I'd go burn Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Suicide Squad is literally only here because of Ben Affleck for like three and a half effing minutes. So you can't. I, I'm sorry. That's the, there's no way that Justice League, which has you know an hour and ten minutes of Batman is somehow worse than Suicide Squad that only has Batman for less than 5 minutes and on its face is not a, is not a strong movie. You asked. Well, <laughs> I'm telling now. <laughs> All right, well, what else is on the list? This is where it's at. Suicide Squad is currently third from the bottom. So you're trying to make Suicide Squad better than Justice League? I did not make any movies, sir. But I, I was, I was not happy with this movie. I mean, I know, I know, like, like if you're using I, Batman s- movie, semantics. It's not semantics. It's about to be really important. Batman movie, which is the better Batman movie? And you just said this movie almost moved Michael Keaton into second place, and yet Suicide Squad is somehow better. is a is a better Batman movie? No, it's a better movie. No, 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 no. We're ranking Batman movies. Fine, it's a better Batman movie than Suicide Thank you. Squad. All right, so all right now. Now we get into trouble. I think real and true trouble. Is bat is Justice League better than Batman sixty six? Because this is where I start faltering. Because I, because I don't think so. Not as a Batman movie. Because damn it, Adam West. Did such a damn good job with that. Again, with the whole campiness being on purpose. And right. 
it was and it's Batman against like five different ba- five different villains and instead of Batman with a bunch of help up against one pretty terrible villain <laughs> well and, and Batman 66 the, the underrated fact about it is is I felt like it knew how to properly screen Batman with multiple villains almost every other movie with multiple villains we've complained that you know from Batman right. Forever Batman Robin even Batman Returns you know, you get too many villains in there, and it doesn't really uh, work well. Right. You know, um, and so, like, so you get better examples, like uh, like the Nolan trilogy, because they have one focal bad guy with, like, some supporting villains, right? But right. this one had a bunch of A-list villains, and it dealt with the Batman to A-list villain ratio, um better <laughs> i agree like, I mean, especially you know? when you're considering the likes of caesar romero and burgess meredith and um i mean yeah i'm 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 down so yeah, I, I i'm i'm happy keeping batman 66 above justice league personally now how mad are we at batman forever and batman and robin that a movie that had five minutes of batman <laughs> Uh, hey, I, I'm giving you Batman Forever because That's true. I understand That's true. your 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 utter disdain for it, and I can and I can empathize with where you're coming from on that. I can empathize mm-hmm. with you, and that is why I gave up the good fight on Batman Forever um, because yeah, well, and the, I the issues you have, even though I don't agree with, I feel are legitimate. Especially as compared to Suicide Squad, where Batman in his three and a half minutes did better than Batman did in Batman Forever. <laughs> so, so I'm I'm fine with it. I still okay. like Batman Forever as a better movie than Suicide Squad, but the character and portrayal well, of Batman. And, and I still I'm think Suicide Squad is a better movie than Justice League. But we hashed out a couple realities and we found a a nice little. Uh, a happy little Suicide Squad right here. Yeah, I'm Bob Rossing this shit, right? You know, there put, you a, go. put a happy little Justice League ha- over here. Happy and, little oh, Justice League. And a very sad Batman and Robin in the corner. But that's okay. That's okay. We made a mistake. We could just paint a tree. Look at this. Paint a tree. We'll just paint a Batman squad. forever Yay! right over it. We'll just paint a Batman forever right, o- right on top of that. Um, we'll, we'll, put a, we'll put a lazy little chin on that Batman. Lazy little jawline. Um uh, <laughs> All right. I do got to admit, I have no hate for Val Kilmer. Because if you came up to me and say, Blaine, you get to be Batman, I'm like, all right, I'm in. They're like, you look (laughs) nothing like Batman. I'm like, I don't care, motherfucker. I'm Batman. (laughs) We got CGI today, baby. All right. So then, so, so we're going to, um, so then Justice League will be above Suicide Squad, but below Batman 66. Yes. I feel All like right. I should put that asterisk in again, but I already have one asterisk. That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Justice League then. Then Batman 66. Then Batman v Superman. Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition. All right. Then Batman Begins, then Batman Returns, then The Dark Knight. And it is now time. It is now time. And here, here is why I was so excited about talking about this. I watched a documentary on Heath Ledger. And... The tragic last days of his, um, of, of his life and kind of how people thought, you know, it was the role that got him down, not necessarily that he may have had issues prior to that that just were clearly manifested, um, you know, that had manifested itself in other ways. And, um, yeah, it's called The Dark Truth Behind Heath Ledger's Joker. Uh, it's from what culture? Let's see here. I'm going to try and see when this came out. Uh, actually, April 4th, 
of uh, 2019. And the tagline here is how the Dark Knight's iconic villain came to be and what it cost. Now, I I watched this movie, or I watched this movie, I watched this, you know, documentary, this video essay. It's only 11 minutes. And I came to a very shocking conclusion. That, hmm. and this is why I think the Dark Knight should be second. And that 89 Batman should be first. Because no matter how you slice it, Heath Ledger made the Dark Knight. We can say what we want about better constructed films. We can say what we want about um, the Nolan trilogy, uh, the use of IMAX, um, the character of the Joker, this aspect or this version um, and X, Y, and Z. But at the end of the day, Heath Ledger made this movie the movie that it was. His performance, his Joker, made this movie and has, for better or worse, defined it. As such, The Dark Knight is not a Batman movie. I think it's a Joker movie. And... Everything that happens, even in terms of Batman, even in terms of the way Christian Bale is performing and running his characterization, I think even to the point of the direction, the movement of the story, which is all on the back end with Christopher Nolan, revolves around Heath Ledger. It revolves around the Joker. And it is not the nuanced, balanced dance that you get out of 89 Batman, where this really is Batman and Bruce Wayne working against Jack Napier and the Joker. They each bring something to the point that it's still a Batman movie. 89 Batman is a Batman movie. The Dark Knight, I think, is a Joker movie. And I don't mean that to denigrate Christian Bale's performance. And I don't mean that as it's not a fantastic movie and that in and of itself, it's not the best movie of the franchise. It's not one of the best movies out there. But I feel that it's just not a Batman movie. That is why I think it should be second place. It's not a true Batman movie. I feel it's a Joker movie that has Batman revolving around it. All right, my question to you. Mic drop. Boom. Boom. Gravity, bitch. Sorry. <laughs> I've been Fucking watching. magnets. How do they not... work? Uh... <laughs> Sorry. A little ICP for you out there. The question I pose to you based on everything you just said and everything that we dealt with with the uh, Justice League versus Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. right? I yes. think – I think – because right, right when we were having the Suicide Squad uh, uh, Justice League conversation, I was like, okay, I can see how this is going to work in the future. I, I wrapped my head around it, right? Is, take the word Batman out. Is The Dark Knight a better movie than Batman 89? As a yes. professional movie reviewer sure, yourself. Sure, sure. Yes. Uh, yeah. And 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 that and that's not is, what we're debating. What we are debating absolutely. is absolutely right. No, the, but that's but that's the crux. If we right. take Batman out of the Dark Knight and insert X Y Z superhero, insert blank superhero here, okay? Do you still have a better movie than Batman eighty nine? Well, I don't know. Yes. Does this new superhero yes, because, have no, no, a, it, a long term relationship a with Rachel Dawes? Sure. Absolutely, why not? <laughs> if Two-Face can develop and have a long-term relationship that has been hinted at, that's been going on from the immediate get-go in the courtroom where he gets shot at and takes the it from the witness stand where it's that in that 2 minutes they've established that they've been together for a long time and that it's serious and things are looking like they could progress to the point of marriage, then absolutely we could insert new guy here who also is someone from when Bruce Wayne ran away to college and disappeared for eight years the first time. 
Nice. Okay. It so, could be it could be like pseudo Bruce Wayne, like some guy who comes back to pretend to be Bruce Wayne. Then sure, the actor I don't the even care. Bruce Wayne I, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. And then all of a sudden, it's like, no, My I'm Romero, is, and now I'm John Black. Anyway, sorry, Days of Our Life. <laughs> but my point is that the construction of the movie and the technical um, know-how and the production of the film, I have always maintained, is better than the production value in and of itself of Batman 89. What I have always fought for for Batman 89 is the story that is being told in Batman 89 and the characters the characterizations that come from that these these polar opposites and within themselves bipolar aspects Jack Napier, Joker, Bruce Wayne, Batman facing off and under, coming to understand and hunt one another and finally face off against each other is a better story than what we get out of the Dark Knight. And to, to wit, if you take Batman out of the Dark Knight and insert XY superhero, superhero in, you would still have a better production movie because Heath Ledger's Joker is what is making everything happen. And it happens so exquisitely that the movie still works. Hence, it is a Joker movie, not a Batman movie. Where Batman 89 is truly a Batman movie who is going up against someone who is actually taxing him to the point of, not breaking, but to the point of really causing Batman to be the superhero he must be he has to he has to evolve he has to figure it out and in doing so he also overcomes the childhood demons that created him you no, don't get I, that in the dark knight you get I that get in batman 89 no i i get what you're saying like you're you're making good point cuz like the 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 uniqueness of each movie is like like some would say like okay it's, it's very deep storytelling that you know the Joker decides he doesn't want to kill him, that he, you know, he wants to break him and make him like him. Whereas uh, Batman 89, the Joker, um, I don't think he really wants to kill the Batman either right away because he wants to beat him in the court of public opinion. In the like, you know, like he tries doing that for a little bit. So it's, it's different aspects on different ways to beat Batman besides the physical fight. Um, and. <clears throat> And we could go through and, and like you say, like, you know, like, cause I mean, uh, uh, Two-Face did play a, I mean, it wasn't Two-Face the whole time, but the, the Harvey Dent storyline, uh, carried more, um, weight to it, uh, than, than Batman himself. Than Batman's storyline, sure. for sure. And, and I think what you said that is, is, is settling this debate is, is the the difference in conversation between the conversation of which one's a better movie and which one's a better Batman movie, right? Mm-hmm. And I really, I'm just I'm just taking a second to like try and remember if I've been too harsh on Christian Bale, like I have been on Val Kilmer, but he deserves it. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, you know, like if it, like if you're, cause like, like Christian Bale's Batman, uh, what he had to overcome, his struggle was more internal. No, it wasn't. I don't even know. Like, I, I felt like there was more, uh, supposedly, uh, or, or supposed growth from Batman in the Dark Knight, where it's like it's like 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 I in eighty nine. I'm just weighing out a couple of things here. Right? No, and, like, and allow me to then allow me to hopefully help you along with the process. I think that we can. I think that to to truly help solidify what I think you are processing, think about the actor list. I think there's truly a reason. Why Michael Keaton beats out Ben Affleck and Christian Bale. And I think that's even prior to Justice League, 
we had Ben Affleck ahead of Christian Bale. Right. And I think that Justice League, I think we were both kind of wondering, man, is Ben Affleck going to actually top the list? And and that is, for me, I think that should help. And I think if we got, if, if, I mean, if we got, if we get whatever's going on with that, I think if we got one more Batman movie, I think we would be thinking the same thing. Like, okay, is this the time that he takes over the list? Cause, <laughs> cause I do. I, I think, I think Ben Affleck is one Batman movie away from being the best Batman of all times. I, I think that if he had gotten his solo Or should I Batman say movie, there's a possibility? There's a possibility. I, I, I could personally believe, yes, like you, if Ben Affleck had gotten his, his true solo Batman movie, I think there is a chance he could have topped Michael Keaton. I think that Michael yeah. Keaton, just between 89 Batman and Batman Returns, the, just the way he played it, even though Batman Returns isn't as strong of a movie, even considering it based on Batman movies as they are, because it, in the pack of the Batman movies, it's still, you know, it's still in the top five, but it's going to be fourth out of the top five, no matter what. And there's a reason for that, because it's not quite as strong of a Batman movie. And sure, the number of villains didn't help. And that was something we were getting to, but it's because Michael Keaton does such a damn fine job of playing him that it still resonates. Do you know the other thing that Michael Keaton has that Christian Bale doesn't? And I think this is what hurts him as a Batman. Because I think, I think this is kind of like alternate universe, right? You wake up and it's like, oh, this is the exact same universe except a few things are different, right? The, like like, like <laughs> sure. Fringe, if you've ever seen that, where like they... I have seen Fringe, yeah. Faux yeah, Livia, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. So if I hop over into that parallel dimension and they say, oh, there's a Batman movie coming out and Michael Keaton's playing the Joker... I would be just as I, I would be like, oh man, he's gonna do a good job at that. Like, I, is he gonna be Nicholson? I don't know, but like, I could see, and and I'm basing this maybe a little bit on Beetlejuice, right? Mm-hmm. So like, and, and I think that's why Keaton's Batman wins is because it has that duality. Like, I mean, they didn't play the angle, but Michael Keaton's Batman really is or at least seems one bad day away from being the Joker. And I think, and, and, I, and not, I think not to bag balance. on Christian Bale, because God bless him, this is one of the things that everybody always goes to. Um, but look at the, look at the vocal structure. Yeah, Batman with a lisp. Even that. You know, you, I mean, I, like, I don't Batman, want to make fun of somebody's disability. Of, and again, but. I'm not trying, again, that's why I said people, people always go to that. I'm not going that to make fun of it. I'm going at it to, to demonstrate Christian Bale and his performance as Batman, which is very solid, but he works so hard at creating an alter ego that is not Bruce Wayne to try and hide who he really is, the mask underneath, yada, yada, yada. And hence we get this, you know, swear to me, right? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the Batman, the... however, with Michael, when Michael Keaton plays him, it's, it literally becomes a separate aspect of himself so that you don't think of the voice. You, you just respond to what the voice is saying. And he, and he, that's why he doesn't change it. He doesn't change or modulate his voice. He doesn't sit there and go, I'm Bruce Wayne, then go, I'm Batman. He just right, is, right. he just is. And. Well, and, and I mean, you had Adam and West so, and, and Michael Keaton. They both like played it like straight across, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Affleck used a voice modulator, but in this day and right. age, uh, voice recognition, facial recognition, like Batman having a voice modulator now makes sense like he, he, he but i also would to. say that especially in christian in in uh the nolan trilogy there could have been a voice modulator for that too so right but as the story stood there really was no reason for i'm batman <laughs> like there wasn't like when you think about it honestly like i i understand how you would want to do that but 
the the way Keaton played it, which I think was slightly better, was like when you saw Keaton, because you knew the secret, you could see the Batman wheels turning behind the scenes and the Bruce Wayne front. And which I think is kind of unique to him because Affleck just kind of plays it as I'm Batman, everybody knows who gives a shit. Right. right? So he doesn't really play that that dichotomy the way that that Bale and Keaton did. But Keaton, Keaton's just a better Batman. Like, it's just the way it is. So, I mean, no, really. I mean, if the debate is not what's a better movie and the debate is what's a better Batman movie, I think think it kind of has to be 89 Batman. Well, all right then. Then, ladies and gentlemen... And I don't know how to say this. I decided that a long time ago, but I'm like, well, I better like play devil's advocate and get a whole conversation going here. Like, you know, <laughs> no, like, that's fair. Like, I, I don't want to just we've be been like going oh, back and said. forth. Exactly. Right? We've been going back and forth about this for months. We had a buildup. We had for to make... years. <laughs> this is true for years now. So <laughs> we, we had to, we had to make this, we, we had to make it worth it. And I, and I believe that we have. And what I truly appreciate most of all is that we did it without going off the beaten path more than one time. We only went off one, we only went off the beaten path one time with magnets and we were only off, t- off right. task for like a minute and a half. So I'm, I'm happy, but, uh, yeah, all right. I mean, so the rest then, of the stuff was contextual. Like we talked about other comic book movies that this is true. Justice League was ripping off. I, I, I hate the term ripping off because it's not what I mean. Like it's, it's like, you know, they, it's like, here's the formula. Anybody can have it. And they're, they're like, yoink. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, then here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Definitively, as it stands here in July of 2019, last Batman standing, we have in the bottom spot for Batman, we have, uh, George Clooney, Val Kilmer with his asterisks, then Adam West, then Christian Bale, and the number two spot, Ben Affleck, and finally, Michael Keaton, number one. The Batman movies, bottom to top, we've got Batman and Robin, Batman Forever, Suicide Squad, Justice League, Batman 66, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, Ultimate Edition, Batman Begins, Batman Returns, The Dark Knight Returns, The Dark Knight, and number one, Batman 89. And I hope that you will understand and agree with our list and if not we would love to hear from you please reach out to the show uh at slscast.com that happens to be our email address here at the slscast the show at slscast.com you can also hit us up on twitter at the slscast you can uh hit me up uh matt on twitter at nitwit12345 and uh blaine give us some contact info for you uh yeah twitter i'm still white trash show but um Facebook and Instagram and SoundCloud. I'm that guy Blaine, B-L-A-I-N, no E. Uh Blaine's World dot store. You want to buy some small batch homebrew hot sauce? Homebrew? I've never called it homebrew before, but I like that. I might keep it. <laughs> I think I might that, keep it. I think that needs to be uh, on the bottom. It needs, you know, Blaine's World and then homebrew. Hot yeah, homebrewed hot sauce. Yeah. There you go. Um Yeah, and I got a YouTube channel too, but like phew. YouTube forward slash channel forward slash eight four six nine <laughs> X nine something like three forty one pseudo prime for Niner. <laughs> Sorry, did I hear a Niner in there? Uh anyways, all right. Well then let's bring uh weird announcer guy back right quick and then we will officially end the show. Weird announcer guy, come on with it. Once again, We'd like to thank you for listening to Discussions with Matt and Tim, this time featuring Blaine, as Matt and Blaine finalized the currently caught up The Last Batman Standing series. Thanks again for listening to Discussions with Matt and Tim. Thank you again, weird announcer dude. And yes, that does bring us up to the end of the show. I don't show. know. I think you need a discount this week. I thought I heard announcer guy stumble on a couple words. I don't want to call nobody out, but hey, you know, if he did, the rest of us are professionals. That guy, we're gonna I have to, we're gonna have to deduct from his salary of zero. 
Um, I guess he can give me money. Anyway, so yeah, so next <laughs> week we're gonna be doing some Matt and Tim catch up time and figuring out what the hell has been happening all this all this summer and talk about summer blockbusters and have some more movie news and all that good stuff. So without further ado, I believe we are now officially at the spiel. Don't you think there, Blaine? I think we are. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and say spiel on. All right. Well, the music you've been listening to, as always, has been brought to us by our music partners, Cries of Solace. You can check them out at ReverbNation.com and Facebook.com, both slash Cries of Solace. The music for our discussions comes from MuseOpen.org. We are, of course, the SLS Cast. You can find us at SLSCast.com. You can send us an email to the show at SLSCast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the SLS Cast. You can follow me. This is Matt on Twitter at NitWit12345. You can, of course, come aboard the Deprivation Super Highway and track down someone on Twitter if that's your heart's desire. Don't forget, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and our favorites on Stitcher Radio as well as track us down under their podcast directories. And if you would like to support the show, please head on over to patreon.com and check us out over there. And so until next week, this is Matt saying that thanks to Jason Momoa, I get to say this. I'm one of those freaky people that actually reads books. Until next time, keep your stick up, guys. Thanks again for listening to the SLS Cast with your hosts, Matt and Tim. You can find us over at slscast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the SLS Cast. You can send us an email to the show at slscast.com. And of course, you can always subscribe to us on iTunes and or favorite us on Stitcher Radio. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>